You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. So here, here's the great news, Christine. 
God is working on you. Yeah. He's molding you into an instrument to do His will. Here's the bad news. This is just the beginning of pressure and the pressure is just going to increase from here. And not only for you, but for all of us. You know, when I was 23, I graduated from university and I went to the Bahamas on the mission field. And there was a brother there who had his own boat. And so we went with him, oh thank you, we went with him to go diving for lobster without scuba gear. Wow. So what you would do, you would jump off the boat, right, you would swim, looking way down, and the water is very crystal clear, which is pretty awesome. It's not like, you know, the, <laughs> I, or, before church time, I saw some guy swimming in the, in the river, and I was like, oh my goodness, these guys have courage. Yeah. But the water is crystal clear, you see right through it. And so when you see a lobster on the bottom, you have to go down. But as you go further down, what happens? Pressure. The pressure increases. And if you go down too quick and too far, what's going to happen? Your eardrums are going to pop. They're going to get destroyed. When you go down deep enough, you can feel your sinuses. Because you feel the pressure increasing where you have sinuses. So what do I need to do? You go the first couple of meters, you feel the pressure getting hard in your ears, and you blow your nose, and you can go another five meters. Then you blow your nose again, and you go a little bit deeper again. <clears throat> so that's, God, that's how God works in us. We all know that God wants to make us and turn us into instruments yeah. that he can use. Paul compares us to clay that's molded. Now how do you mold clay? You must add pressure. Right? If you don't add pressure, what's going to happen? It's going to stay exactly the same way. Now in the Western world where we live, people have the wrong attitude towards pressure a lot of times. It's like People should not be pressured. Kids should not be pressured. It's wrong to be pressured. But let me tell you, life pressures. Yeah. If I don't pressure my kids, the school will. Yeah. The TV. It's going to be hard today, but bear with me. <laughs> the TV will pressure them. My throat is pressuring me right now. <laughs> so I'm practicing what I preach. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and so, we're going to have the right perspective about pressure. You know, it, it, I was thinking yesterday, and it occurred to me that, man, a lot of us in the East, are dealing with pressure situations. Yeah. And I've had to deal with pressure as a disciple, you know, many, many, many times. Yeah. But I do believe that what makes it hard for us to deal with pressure is because we don't understand why there's pressure in our 
lives. We understand that pressure has a purpose. Now, once we understand that, God willing, our approach and mindset will be very, very different. So let's start in 2 Kings chapter 18. Now, at this time, the king of Judah, the southern kingdom, was Hezekiah. And he was an awesome king. He was not perfect, but he was great. Kind of like Ajibola. <laughs> he's not perfect, but he's an awesome disciple. Yes. You know, kind of like Dylan. <clears throat> he's definitely not perfect, but he's an awesome disciple. Second <clears throat> Kings chapter 18, verse 5. Amen. Okay. Amen. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. Wow. Imagine if God says, Rich. <laughs> There was no disciple like him in London. Neither before him, nor after him. And we all get super jealous. <laughs> Proving the point. <laughs> he held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wouldn't you love for the Lord to be with you? Yeah. What does it mean when the Lord is with you? Well, we're going to learn that from Hezekiah. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. From what tower to fortified city, he defeated the Philistines. <coughs> as far as Gaza and its territory. Now we're going to get back to Hezekiah later, but for now, I don't know if you noticed a, 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 a verse there where it says that he rebelled against the king of Assyria. You noticed? Now the question must be asked, why did he rebel against the king of Assyria? You know, you rebel against someone if they have control over you. Mm -hmm. right? If someone has no control or power over you, what, what are you going to rebel against? Does this, this make sense? Mm -hmm. You rebel against someone if someone has control over you. Well, we're going to look at some history here as to put things into perspective. And I do believe that after today, you will understand how God works through pressure. And you will also appreciate that no matter how much pressure you may be feeling now, it can get a lot worse. Yep. <clears throat> so Isaiah chapter 9. Yeah, Let's go there. Sorry, chapter 7. <clears throat> who here knows who Hezekiah's father was? Well, his name was Ahaz. His name was Ahaz. And we're going to look at something that happened during Ahaz's reign. Now, 
the contemporary prophet during the time of Ahaz and Hezekiah and Hezekiah's son Manasseh was Isaiah. He was the prophet, or at least one of them, that preached to these kings. And what's happening during the reign of um, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, okay, together with Aram, attacked the southern kingdom, Jerusalem, Judah, of which Ahaz was king. And Isaiah goes to him to tell him God's will. Let's read in verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king resident of Aram and Pekah, son of Maliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Okay, so talk about pressure. You are being attacked in a situation of war. Would you say there's some pressure there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Wow. wow. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. You are shaken like a forest is shaken by the wind. In Curacao, the island where I'm from, Javelin is from, Maria's from, there's this tree and it's called the Divi Divi tree. And it's very interesting because all these Divi Divi trees grow in the same direction. They don't grow up, they grow sideways. Not up, sideways. Why? They grow in the direction which the wind blows. And there in Curacao, the wind 99% of the time blows in the same direction. So the tree always grows in the same direction. <clears throat> because it's weak in a sense. It can't take a stand on its own. So these guys here, they are under pressure, they are scared to death. Now the question is, what do you do when you are under pressure? So Isaiah continues talking here, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out you and your son Shear Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. Say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart. Because of these two smoldering stumps of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and of the son of Ramalia. Aram, Ephraim, and Ramalia's son have plotted your ruin, saying, Let us invade Judah, let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves, and make the son of Abel king over it. Yet, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. It sounds very noble. Oh, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. See, he's giving a seemingly spiritually attractive, good-looking answer. Yeah. Then Isaiah said, Here and now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God also? <clears throat> it's very interesting because Ahaz is under a lot of pressure. And God says, What? He says, be calm, do not be afraid, and be careful to not be afraid and to be calm. Now, I don't think in those days they had to assure us, they said, be calm. Mm -hmm. So that's not what God was referring to. Wear a shirt that says, be calm. What's usually the first thing that happens to us when we feel pressured? We panic. We are not calm. We're stressed. We eat. We sleep. We watch TV. We go to the gym. Now, out of all those options, going to the gym is probably the best option, but we're not going to talk yeah. about that now. The best option of the worst options. <laughs> but we do a lot of things, and we hope that kind of by doing that, we find relief. But does anything change? It does not. Exactly. Now, the question here is, why did Ahaz not ask for a sign? So God is about to do a cranking, cranking thing for you in your life. That's incredibly awesome. And God says, ask me for a sign. Don't we always want signs? God, if this is the goal for me, then let us sit next to me. How do I know? I've done it. Uh, yes, I was in South Africa in 1995, it was the, uh, what's now called the GLC, and I ran into a sister there who was also from Philadelphia, but this time I was in Jamaica. And I liked her then, and I saw her again, and you know, you know, if we want to see something, we will see it. <laughs> if we want to see something, we will see it. <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> and 
it was like six, maybe eight of us, I don't remember. We all went to this restaurant. And I said, God, if she is the one for me, let her sit next to me. And you sat next to me. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe she is the one. Oh. How did it end? I would just tell you that her name was not Maria Santiana. <laughs> so that's enough for you to know how it ended. <laughs> she was not the one. Because <clears throat> Maria Santiana is now Maria Hart. <laughs> but if you could ask for a sign to confirm an incredible thing God was going to do in your life, would you deny it? No, no. You're saying, man, this is awesome. God made me a promise, and I can get confirmation that this is real. Wow. So why in the world would Ahaz say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. <laughs> <laughs> not me, not me. You may do it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> There's a reason for that. You ready to find out why? Yeah. Okay, let's go for it, okay? Let us go to 2 Kings chapter 16. So this is two chapters before Hezekiah. This is where Ahaz, his father, is king. And it's amazing, you know, when you put the scriptures together, how you can figure things out. Or at least be like, it's very likely that this is what happened. 2 Kings 16, verse 7. So here, Ahaz knows that he's going to be attacked. Look at what he does. Ahaz sent messengers to say to Tiglath-Pineser, king of Assyria, I am your servant and vessel. Come up and save me out of the land of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel, who are attacking me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold found in the temple of the Lord, and the treasuries of the royal palace and sent it as a gift to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria complied by attacking Damascus and capturing it. He deported its inhabitants to care and put resin to death. Why did Ahaz not tell Isaiah this is the sign I want to see? Because I believe he already decided he was not going to rely on God but he was going to compromise and try to find a way out according to his logic and his heart. You ever felt the temptation to compromise the word of God? Yeah. Absolutely. I felt it. We've all felt it. It can be something as simple as your friends are all making a dirty joke and they're all laughing and now you're like, Especially if you're a brother. Now you're. <laughs> you, know, you try to laugh, or you try really not to laugh. Somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so we compromise. Yeah. And that's exactly what Ahaz did. He compromised. Now it's very, very interesting if you look at Ahaz and how the Bible described his kingship. Verse 2, chapter 16. 
Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he re reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. All night David, his father, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yeah. his God. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and even sacrificed his son in the fire. Following the detestable ways of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. How did this start? But before we look at that, what does it mean that he sacrificed his son in the fire? What he did, he adapted or adopted the, the Phoenician god called Molech. And most people believe that worshiping Molech consists of build, having a statue with a hole in the area where your stomach would be. Or the hands like this. And they would light fire around it and put a firstborn son into the statue and thereby sacrificing the child by it burning up. How did he get to that point when it all started by compromising? God's instructions. It started with a little compromise of this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Surely there is a better way, an easier way. I don't think it's God's will for me to feel this pressure. But I'm telling you today, if you are feeling the pressure, it's because it is God's will. Amen. Because he either allows everything to happen or he makes it happen. And we're going to see later that if we remain faithful, God will always rescue us and we will overcome. It's amazing, all through the Bible, you see two kinds of people. People that were faithful, like Abraham, like Joseph, and they came through, and then those that compromised, and therefore did not make it. So after this, what happens? The king of Assyria, destroys the northern kingdom of Israel and he takes the people out of Israel and resells them all over the known world at the time and they are later known as the Samarians, Samaritans, sorry Samaritans, the people that were half Jewish and half Gentile and the amazing thing is this is not just a story within the Bible, this guy is History. No historian will deny that this is what happened. Mm. And as we're going to see later, you can actually go to the British Museum and confirm all of this stuff. So Ahaz pays tribute to the king of Assyria so he can get protection from a secular organization rather than just trusting in God. Can you relate to that? Mm -hmm. 
I can. I certainly can. And I believe all of us can relate to that. Yep. You know, one of the first things we want to do when we have pressure is find a way out, don't we? Yeah. First thing we ask is, God, why this pressure? When is it going to change? When is it going to be different? Now, does anyone here have a scuba diving license? No. Okay. Yeah. You wish doesn't come. <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't either. But having grown up in, in, in the Caribbean, um, I've heard of scuba diving accidents quite often where people die. Yeah, you go down, it's so beautiful, it's all nice, but there's a problem. Do you know what happens if you go up too quickly? So if you go up too quickly, the pressure starts becoming, or rather decreases rapidly. And as the pressure decreases rapidly, what happens to the air in your lung? It starts expanding. And so if the pressure decreases too quickly and the air in your lung expands too quickly, it's going to damage your lungs. And it can rip some of the lung sacs that contain oxygen. And when that happens, the oxygen can enter into your artery, into your, into your bloodstream. And depending on where it is, it can cause a heart attack or a stroke. So guys, that is the problem with us. When we feel pressure, when God is working on us to make us into something, and we're just like, we want to get out of it as quickly as possible, we compromise the end result, spiritual death. Spiritual death. People fall away for two reasons. Sin. They just in sin, whether it's immorality, whether it's, it's lying, and so they fall away. But there's another reason for people fall away. Life hits hard, and they're like, man, it'd be so much easier to just jump out. How can life hit hard? Well, how life can hit hard with finances, right? Yeah. Can hit you hard. And then you get this awesome job and you just have to work on Sundays. Just have to work Wednesday night and you say, well, I can just do this for a little bit and then I'll come back. But what's the problem? When you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> right? When you're dead, you're dead. That's it. You're tied financially. And now this suave, cool, cat, handsome young man, <laughs> colleague, sharp dude, he wants to flower you with gifts. <laughs> and he's telling you all the nice things that you want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you come to your brothers and sisters and you just get discipled. <laughs> and you don't hear all the nice things that you want to hear. <laughs> and now you're like, and before you know it's like, <laughs> and then you're gone. 
all kinds of ways that uh, we want to compromise. You know, I felt the urge to compromise, especially with my family, with my friends, my family. I mean, I remember when I decided after I graduated university to go on the mission team to the Bahamas to be the full time ministry. I graduated, I had to go to Curacao first, and then I spent a week or two there with my family. And I clearly remember being at the airport, taking a plane to go to Miami, and from Miami taking a connected flight to the Bahamas. Now, my dad is not a man who often cries. As a matter of fact, I, in my whole life, I've seen him cry. The first time I remember we were watching a movie about a boxer who died while boxing. I think it was called The Champ. Yeah. Oh, all of those, that gives away his name right here. <laughs> You've given it away, man, I'm sorry. Everyone knows about that. The Champ. And my father told us that he cried afterwards. I didn't see it, I was like six years old, something like that. Um, but I was, and, and the other time when I almost saw that crying was at the airport, when he was leaving me there for me to go to the Bahamas. Man, and I could see the, the pain in his eyes. I could read his mind. My son is lost. He is in this cult that made him go into the ministry. He is brainwashed. He no longer loves us. And none of that was true. Now, I've been in conflict with my parents a lot before that about being a disciple. But it's always when they were upset and they were angry and they were going after me. And that I could bear. But then when I saw him heartbroken, crying, that got and the whole flight to Miami, two hours and 40, 45 minutes, it was working on me. I was like, man, I can get to Miami and I can come on the same flight back home. And I know that when I get home and I call my parents and I told them I, have, I decided not to go, they will be happy and overjoyed. We landed, I got to the airport. And I walked from the gate where I exited the plane to the gate where I had to board the plane to go to the Bahamas. It was the longest walk I've ever had in my life. Wow. The bathing, thinking, man, Michael, have you gone crazy? Why are you doing this to your parents? They love you like no one else, all kinds of things. And I was struggling, waiting in the departure hall there. I was like, I almost went back because of pressure. But it was the craziest thing. Once I got on that plane, I was surrendered. And then I arrived in Nassau and I called my parents and I was thinking, okay, how is this phone call going to be? I called them and they answered like nothing had happened. You arrived, okay, good, okay, bye. I was like, what is this? All this drama at the airport, and I was like, as if they dropped me off at school or something like that. And they're gonna pick me up when school finishes in the afternoon. You know, but it was one of the most amounts of pressure I've, I've really ever felt in my life. But here's the thing, guys, and then 
I saw the same look at my dad again when we moved to London. Yeah. But it was not as bad. It was not as bad. And the truth be told, I think that look he had was not for us, but now it was for Dylan and Kiara. You know, we, but that's time we were all used. <laughs> Dylan and Kiara. And I saw a little bit, and I got a little bit of the same feelings and emotions coming here to London about, man, what am I doing? And you know what happens when we feel pressured for spiritual reasons? We can start blaming the church. Because yeah. 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 that's what I almost started doing. Yeah. Man, church, why did I move? And then you start, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who do they think they are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I'm going to quit. <laughs> your disciple. It's the word of God. What does the word of God call you to do? Well, here's the, here's the crazy thing. You know, we I've, I've had the hardest part of my life in my first few years in London. But because I came here, the relationship with my parents, especially is better than it's ever been before. Amen. of you if you put him first. Yep. Relationship with my dad is deeper than it's ever been before. Wow. It's not as superficial as it used to be. But while we're under pressure, you know, we can think all kinds of things. We want to take the shortcut, but in the end, we will pay the price. Yeah. At the very minimum, we will not receive the blessing. Mm. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. Now, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 18. So now we know Hezekiah has become king. And we know that he rebelled against the king of Assyria. So he trusted God. And he said, you know what? I'm going to throw off this yoke that my father Ahaz put upon us because God is with me. And he lived happily ever after, right? Wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> Wrong. And that's where we got to make sure we don't fall in the trap of the prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. yeah. God will bless you financially. <laughs> Therefore, give, and you'll get much more. Mm -hmm. And the preacher said, I have my bends, my Rolls Royce. <laughs> give, and you will get it too. Whoa. Let me say, the only thing, the only person will get anything if you give in those churches is the pastor. No, you can also buy a Bentley. <laughs> and we start believing things like, well, God doesn't want us to suffer. God doesn't want us to feel pressure. Sometimes, you know, God doesn't enjoy it when we feel pressure. God doesn't enjoy it when we suffer, but he absolutely will make us suffer. He absolutely will challenge us because he is molding us to become more like Christ. And therefore, when it gets hot in the kitchen, we stay in the kitchen. Yeah. We don't go out. We stay in the kitchen. We cook that meal. Yes. And when it's done, we eat it. And then we're happy. Amen. And I'm resting up behind his soul. I was spending some time with my man last night, and he said, you know, that he wants to study to be a cook. 
I said that is awesome. Wouldn't it be great for you? Love to cook. I love to eat, man. Let's hang out. Let's make this happen. Come on, Jermaine. And uh, so, Second Kings chapter eighteen, verse seventeen. Let's see how we went with Hezekiah. The king of Assyria sent his supreme commander, his chief officer, and his field commander with a large army from the cage to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. Whoa. <laughs> so Hezekiah, God was with him. God loved him. He was an incredible king. No king of Judah had been like Hezekiah. But yet what happens? Assyria comes and attacks Jerusalem. As disciples, we will have challenges. Yeah. Now this is, you know, it, it's just one verse in the Bible. It says, the guy left Lachish. And went to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know you all know where Lachish is, so I don't even have to get into that. Oh. Please tell us, bro. But, but because of your humility, I will tell you anyway. <laughs> Lachish was another fortified city in Judah. So in Judah, the main city was Jerusalem, where you had the temple. But they had other cities and towns in Judah. Just like the UK, the main city is London, but that means there are many other cities and towns in the UK, right? Yep. <clears throat> and so, Lachish was about 35 miles south of Jerusalem. And after Jerusalem, Lachish was the most fortified, hard to penetrate city. Yet, because Hezekiah rebelled, the Assyrians went back to take control again. And the first city they actually, one of the first, they, the reason they went to Lachish before they went to Jerusalem was because Lachish was south, between Egypt and Jerusalem. So they said, okay, let's come to Lachish, and they will cut off the route for the Egyptians to perhaps come and help the Jews in Jerusalem. Now, it's amazing, Lachish. Fortified city. And what the Assyrians actually did to commemorate the victory of Lachish, which took them several years to conquer, the king made what's known now as the Lachish Reliefs. In his palace, he had the artist make sort of like a, um, it's like a, a wall depicting the Battle of Lachish. It's about three meters high and 80 feet long. And on it, you see what happened during this battle. Lachish now is an archeological site. You can still see the ram that the Assyrians built to go and conquer the city. Now, who were the Assyrians? Does the name Jonah ring a bell? Yeah. Do you know what city he was called to, to go preach? Nineveh. Nineveh was the headquarters of the Assyrian Empire. Do you know why Nineveh didn't want to go? Why do you think? Jonah, sorry, that's right. Nineveh couldn't go anyway. Jonah <laughs> wrote to Nineveh. Do you know why? Why do you think Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? What's that? Yes. I used to think, oh, he was afraid. He wasn't afraid. He hated the Assyrians. 
and he was afraid that if he would preach the word, he would actually bear fruit. Yeah. <laughs> that was his fear. I'm going to be fruitful. I don't want to be fruitful. At least not there. He didn't want him to repent. So no, Jonah actually had great faith. How great was faith when he preached at 120,000 people and all the animals repented. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then he got kicked off. So now you know that. So the siege of Lachish, you can find the, the reliefs you can find in the British Museum. Room 10B. When is the next tour? If you want to go. <laughs> what do you see depicted on these reliefs? Well, it's very interesting. You see people fleeing the city families, women, children. You see people impaled. Some of the leaders, the Assyrians took and they impaled them. What did it mean to be impaled? Yeah, yeah they would take a spear or hook or whatever, put it in your toes or torso, but usually not all the way in. See, they want you to stay alive. Wow. And then you're hanging there on a spear or a hook. And slowly and slowly it's going deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm. Until in a few hours you pass away. Wow. And they were depicted naked and handcuffed. Mm. You see Assyrian soldiers beheading other leaders. Like what ISIS does. Mm. They put on TV someone taking a knife and cutting off someone's head. That's nothing new. That's what the Assyrians did. And then, the, perhaps the most cruel of all, you see the Assyrians flaying alive the two main leaders of Lachish. What does flaying mean? Taking off all your skin while you're alive. And while they were doing that, is depicted a little boy watching it all. Who was this little boy? Well, it may have been a child of one of the main leaders that the Syrians forced to look at their dad being flayed alive. Wow. So these were the Assyrians, and now they're coming for Hezekiah. Wow. You think Hezekiah felt some pressure? Which one of you would love to change your pressure for Hezekiah's pressure? <laughs> I thought, no, thank you. I humbly admit I don't have the faith. <laughs> he can be there. I thank you very much. I will stay with my problems and my issues. God is awesome. As a matter of fact, I feel no pressure. I feel like my problems have disappeared. Wow! How putting things into perspective helps. It's very interesting if you look at Second Chronicles, where you get where how it's worded in Second Chronicles. Let's look at that. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-two, because I believe in Second Chronicles we see some things that at times we can relate to. Second Chronicles 32 verse 1. 
after all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, God blessed him and he became the wealthiest person in the world. No. <laughs> Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. Oh my goodness. After all he had so faithfully done, Sennacherib invaded Judah. It's almost as if saying in Hezekiah didn't deserve it. He had done so much for so long, and now this wicked thing happens to him. Mm. Ever felt that? Yes. God, how long? But the real modern-day version is, why me? Yeah. Why me? You know, I've asked myself that several times uh, in London. Why me? Why did this happen to me when I was young? You know what took away the why me question? Okay. When I started hearing about Michael Williamson's story. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, okay, I don't have much to debate about here. Yeah. When I hear Ajibola's story, yeah. I'm like, okay, you wicked man, stop complaining. When I hear Manuel's story, I'm like, you actually had a really, really, So in the end, guys, what should our attitude be? First Timothy chapter 4. Let's go from old school to new school. Well, not so new school, but as new school as you can get in the Bible, right? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. What should our attitude be? Well, Paul says it here. He says, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You know, when we talk about physical training, I think we got to talk about Ajibola. He won the UK 400 meter hurdles in his age group. What is that, 35? <laughs> <laughs> it was under 18, if I'm not mistaken. So he knows about physical training. And the Bible says it has some value, but what you really need is spiritual training. Yeah. Yep. Now, Archie, is it okay if I ask you a question? Go for it. Your training sessions, they are real easy, no sweat, right? You don't have to take a shower when you're done. You don't have to use the You just go home because it's cool. No. <laughs> you get tired. You get exhausted. I remember when I started boxing at the age of 30, 32 or 33, there were these guys, and these guys were professional boxers, and they started training me. They were so inspired that an old white guy <laughs> was, was boxing, actually was willing to take on some few real fights. And they had me going for this, for this boxing bag, man. And they said, go, go, go. And I was just exhausted. I felt like, man, I can't do it anymore. But you know what? I could. Yeah. Every time I felt like this is too much, they said, keep going. And I did because I could. Mm -hmm. I just had to dig a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. 
for that strength within me. And so what we have to do is we have to dig a lot deeper in our relationship with God to be able to overcome. Let's go back old school, 2 Kings chapter 19. Now we're going to look at something else that is very interesting that we can really use to see where we are at. 2 Kings 19, verse 5. When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard. Those words with which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, I am going to put such a spirit in him that when he hears a certain report, he will return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. So it's interesting because what does Hezekiah do? He sends his messengers to Isaiah. We know that because it says Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, so they went to look for Isaiah. And Isaiah says, no sweat. If Isaiah was Jamaican, would have been, he would have said, everything airy, airy. Everything crisp. It's going to be okay. And it's very interesting because history reports that after this battle, which never took place, because if you read further, it says that God wiped out in one second 180,000 of their soldiers. And while the king Sennacherib boasts of his victory on Lachish, he is silent about the battle for Jerusalem. Why? Because typical kings would only boast about the victories or remain silent when they were defeated. But after his army got wiped out, history records that he was killed by his own sons as he was worshiping his God in the temple. And that's what the Bible says here would happen. But the important point here is Hezekiah went to Isaiah. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter seven and see what happened again with Ahaz. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, share Jeshu, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool. So in this case, God had to tell Isaiah, You have to go to the king. Because if you don't go to the king, the king ain't coming to you to inquire of the Lord. So here we see a difference between the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his son Hezekiah. Do you initiate with your disciple? Or does he always have to initiate with you? Do you, when you're on the trouble and stress, do you seek advice from godly men? Or do you try to work it out in your mind and you have a plan that seems perfect? It's just not God's will. 
See, a godly man or a godly woman, when things get hot in the kitchen, they go to God by going to the men and women who serve God and will tell you the truth. Yeah. And not hide. And make excuses. In finishing, 2 Peter chapter 2. See, today, we've got to decide we're going to be men and women of God. Amen? Amen. Do you believe you can be a man or woman of God? Yes. yes. <clears throat> of course you can. If you don't, it's because you don't want to. Everyone can be a man or woman of God. What do you need to be? What do you need to be a man or a woman to start with? That's all of us. <laughs> if you're that, well, now you can be a man or a woman of God. It's just a decision. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's read what Peter says. A man who often failed himself, right? Yeah. A man who was unstable in everything that he did. But by the time he's writing this, speaking from experience, he says, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. And hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. So Peter faced many trials himself. Said, hey, God's going to take care of you. If you don't see how, you just remain faithful and God will take care of you. Imagine if Christine would have said, this is so hard to go back. We were going to have. Imagine if I would have said, flying to the Bahamas, this is too hard, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to go back. Yeah. Well, you guys wouldn't be here. Mm. I wouldn't be here. You can argue that Jay Philippe wouldn't be here. Mm. That would affect Jermaine an awful lot. <laughs> more than anyone else. And it probably means that Maria would be a disciple, but she wouldn't be here in London. So what are we going to do? A tale of two kings. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus says, he tells us a parable, right? Yeah. About two kings going to war. Yeah. One has 20,000 soldiers, the other one has how many? 10,000. 10, Who's the one with 10,000? Who's the one with 20,000? Right, so the question today is, which king are we going to be? Are we going to be Ahaz? Who compromised, who failed, who was punished for seeing God's blessings, or like Hezekiah. Amen. There was no king like him. He was weak, yes, but when he was weak, he sought God. Amen. Let's make sure we are the right king. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, 
events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one